to a Healing Peace podcast. My name is Kimir Baker. We have a treat for you. We ask the question, how do women respond when life or people hurt us? The remainder of this podcast is on this subject. Also, just for our podcast listeners, we are providing an assessment that identifies where you are in dealing with emotional hurt. After you listen, give us a podcast review. Take a picture of it and email it to free at ahealingpeace.com with the subject review. Once we receive your email, we will send you a link for the assessment. Let's get started. Glad you joined us. We've been discussing women's responses when people or life experiences hurt us. In our last two videos, we discussed hurting those who hurt us and pushing people away. Those two responses were tied. If you haven't been listening, go back. I think you'll enjoy what we've talked about so far. As I move forward, I want to address an element in our responses that was not necessarily part of the questionnaire. No one particularly made these statements. But I know just in terms of talking to other people that sometimes we think these things in the back of our minds, but we may not voice it. That being, what happens when we experience hurt from fellow church members or people within our community? Do we think or act in a manner which suggests that there is no truth in the church? I know this may be a leap in thinking. But work with me, work with me. So let's have a conversation about conflict amongst believers and our perceptions of God or Jesus. Yes, today's episode examines the challenges of relationships in the church community, what is asked of us despite the conflict, and who is Jesus during that conflict. We're going to do a little bit different this time. I know normally you're so used to me having a little story, but we're just going to jump right into the Bible. And you know how I love my Bible. In Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 to 21, Paul retells the story of Peter not wanting to eat with the Gentiles. Why is this even an issue, he may ask. Peter, a man of Jewish descent, possessed many, 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 many customs and laws. And one of them is how food should be prepared and eaten. On the other hand, the Gentiles who did not grow up in the Jewish laws and customs were considered to be people who violated the Jewish law. Why? It wasn't their law. But because of Christianity, Jews and Gentiles now worship together. Despite worshiping together, they still had different cultural backgrounds, different customs. Initially, when Peter was there with the Gentiles, he decided to eat with them. But while he was eating, Christians who were devoted to the Jewish culture showed up. I want to say showed up, but they didn't, but they just showed up. Upon their arrival, Peter reverted to his Jewish custom 
and decided to no longer eat with the Gentiles. He started thinking that they would do that. His actions sparked the same response in Barnabas. Barnabas followed behind Peter's example and ate separately too. Now, what do you notice about Peter's response? Do you think his response was wrong? The first thing that I noticed about Peter is that someone else's perception changed his course of action. Peter gave it to peer pressure. And under that peer pressure, it changed his perception of Christianity. What about us? Did you believe one way about certain Christian principles, but a fellow Christian's behavior changed your perception? and change your perception of Christianity? What about being hurt by a fellow Christian? Did it make you believe that it was not possible to love your neighbor? You know, because sometimes you're like, "Mm, I ain't loving you. Or somehow the Bible got it wrong. There's no way in the world I could be doing this all the time. This ain't real. Well, I'm going to simplify things. Peter's response was not accurate. And Paul, he was like, hi, he rebuked Peter. He was like, what are you doing, Peter? In fact, not only did he rebuke him, but he called Peter a hypocrite and not walking in the truth. Man, how many times have you heard that term? Hypocrite, especially about Christian church goers. These people profess Christianity, but their actions demonstrate otherwise. In this case, Peter lived like the Gentiles in the freedom of Christ, but his actions showed them that he was actually professing the old Jewish customs. So Paul, he said, hey, how are you asking people to live in a manner that you're not living in? How you gonna do it, Peter? And I'll be honest, it is easy for people to call other people hypocrites. We hear it all the time. And I was one of those people back in the day. I wasn't necessarily calling people hypocrites, but I was living in that way. And I'll tell you, I took pride in calling myself a great, good Christian. I went to church. I sang in the choir. On the outside, I'd be, I appeared to be right with God. But I sure did cuss like a seller, cheated on exams, manipulated people to get what I want. I figured, hey, I deserve good things, so let me help you. Help me get those good things. I also gossiped about the church choirs. I knew everybody's business, and I sure did let everybody know their business. Not only that, I lied all the time because I wanted to look good. That self-doubt, creating that craziness within me. And if somebody asked me to help them, I told them I was committed to helping somebody else because I didn't really want to help them. And I'll tell you, sometimes I got caught. I got caught living like this. People was like, girl, what you doing? And then I'll say, well, at least I go to church and read the Bible. I was being a hypocrite. And as I state this, I know there's many people out there who do the same thing. But just like Peter, sorry, just like Paul who called Peter out, hey, I'm telling you, hey, it's time to change that up. 
let's stop playing around. But let's go back. Let's go back to this whole situation with Peter and Paul. Peter's actions had more implications. It revealed that God didn't accept the Gentiles due to their lack of following the Jewish customs. In fact, to be accepted, they must clean themselves, they must be circumcised, and they must observe the laws. Now, if they did this, it will reveal that Jesus was not legit. It will say that, hey, I'm not putting my trust in Jesus and his spirit. I'm going to do this old thing. This old thing that Jesus said, hey, we ain't bound by that old thing. And I'll say that Peter didn't realize the implications of his behavior. But Paul did. And so before I move on, I want to emphasize one thing. And that is this conflict, oh, he, she did this. It's happening amongst Christians. These are church people disagreeing, adding stipulations to Christianity, sticking to culture versus biblical truth. I'm stressing this point to indicate that we're human and humans have not changed. Church people, we do. Sometimes we quickly revert to our cultural experiences and family traditions instead of emphasizing the truth. All right, back to the story. I want to focus on Jesus' role in all of this discord. He's like, huh? Jesus ain't even there. I know, I know, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you. Paul, he continues in his statements to Peter by saying, hey, Peter, pursue Christianity not Jewish culture. And in the time of that period, the Jews, they re, they thought that, hey, if you weren't following their laws, then you were sinning. You were sinning against God. And so it was like, hey, if you're not following those customs, then does that mean that Christ is the minister of sin? And you're like, huh, what do you mean? Well, if Jesus represents something opposite and the Jews thought that that opposite was legit, and if you didn't follow that opposite, that means you were sinning. So surely Jesus represents being a sinner because, hey, he is not promoting our traditions, our cultures, and our laws. Surely, surely, in the midst of all this, then Jesus himself must be telling you that it is okay to be a sinner. And as I state this, and you're like, what? That don't make any sense. I agree. And Paul agrees with me. What? That doesn't make any sense. No way in the world is Jesus a sinner because he didn't comply with some cultural standards. Before I move on, I, I want to go back to when I was doing that whole hypocrisy thing, it got to a point where I became fed up with Christianity. I couldn't find anybody who could actually follow it. So I became frustrated and I thought, hmm, perhaps Christianity is not real. It must not be real because nobody can do it. 
No one can really live their lives as the Bible calls. Thus, I am done with this man-made religion. And as I say this, I wanted you to see that there's kind of like a similar response to Paul's statements. Because culturally or societally, I was unable to find individuals to live out the Bible. Then the Bible must not be true. Did you see that coming? Did you see that coming? Then Jesus must not be true. If he is not true, then there is no need to promote these truths. There's no need to try to live by these principles. Or how about because I'm seeing everyone else sin, then I attach their sin onto Jesus. Once again, I place human frailties on Jesus. Jesus is at fault for all this sin. May it never be. That makes no sense. It's illogical. You know, instead, you know, Paul, he called Peter to live a life in Christ in faith. And that faith includes understanding that Christ loved him and died for him. And so sometimes when we get all tangled up with watching other people's behavior and we get all tangled up in our cultural differences, it's so easy to think that the things that Jesus shared about the truth, about loving each other, about coming together, about resolving conflict, we begin to think that it's not legit because we're so consumed with what we are experiencing. But here's the deal. Jesus is like, it is legit. And just because I don't completely represent every past deed or whatever, doesn't mean that who I am changes the truth with God. And so I I want you guys to know this, that the bottom line is that we're going to have conflict. We're going to have conflict in the church. We're going to have conflict outside of church. Why? Because we are human beings. Second, in that conflict, we're going to hurt each other. We come from different backgrounds, idealisms, customs, but we all come together to worship Christ. And in the attempts to hold on or embrace our cultures, sometimes we lose sight of what the word is saying simply in truth. And I'll tell you, no matter what the conflict is, we're still called to walk in truth. Walking in truth makes sure that we ain't being hypocrites. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just need that little extra. Yeah, and back in the day, I was a hypocrite because I chose what I wanted to follow. I also compared myself to others who did not hold on to the truth. And when I lived like this, I presented a standard that was not God. Here's another thing. Despite the inevitable, humans being human, Jesus does not condone or promote sinful behavior. We may hurt one another by disagreements or mishandling of God's word, but Jesus does not represent the source of our sins. He does not represent those who misinterpret God's word. He remains true. No matter what, our response to conflict should be to return to the truth and live in it. 
not the comparison, not pointing the finger, well, she did that, da-da-da-da, but it just goes back to what did Jesus die for, and it goes back to, man, Christ loves me, and he died for me. Very important symbol. All right, now, you know how we do. We want to hear from you. How do you view God doing conflict? Go to healingpeace.com, share your thoughts with us. And while you're there, pick up the companion workbook that goes with this lesson. Hopefully, it will continue to encourage you on your journey. See you back next time. This concludes our podcast. Please go to ahealingpeace.com for the workbook and to leave us feedback. Don't forget to write us a podcast review. Send that email to free at a healing piece dot com.